Hi, you've called the Mojo Radio Show. We can't come to the phone right now because we're about to start the show. But please, wait for the tone and the boys will be with you shortly. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show. Nice to have you company. Thanks for hitting the download button. We surely appreciate it. This show is about helping you be better in work, all the stuff to do with the working day, all the stuff to do with your relaxation, chillax times, away from work, how do you get your mojo working, and what Robbo and I do is we just find people that we think are interesting, who've got something to share that can help you get your mojo working, and this week's no exception, we've got a guy who at a young age had a dream in retail, and it's a good story because the guy had a dream and along the way, he took some detours and he had to recreate himself and recreate his brand. And uh, it's a good story. And I'm sure once we introduce him, you'll probably know this guy from television. So um, that's what the show's all about. Before we do that, let's say good day to the guy behind the panel, the man who's driving it, the man with his hand on the gear stick. Uh, <laughs> Is it okay hey, that I've got a bourbon in my hand to? at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear, dear, dear. The show is a little country, a little bit rock and roll. Um, what have you been up to? I've been really busy. I've got a, um, a client up in Singapore uh, who I work for, a radio station up there, and um, they've got a big promotion happening at the moment, so I've been cutting them out, as they say. One one in particular for something that's close to my heart and your heart. You want to have a quick listen? Yeah, yeah, play it. Yeah, all right, hang on, here we go. I'll play it. Ladies and gentlemen. One FM's final big one is here. And it's massive. Part one. You and a friend will enjoy a two-day, one-night stay at W Singapore Sentosa Cove worth over $2,200. Part two. Grab your passport. Because we're sending you to see the legendary Rolling Stones live in Orlando, Florida. Your chance to win SMS Big One, your name and IC, and the name of your favourite stone song to 97170913 now. Then stand by, because 1FM's number two breakfast show could be calling you. 1FM's final Big One, The Rolling Stones, live in Orlando. to you by Universal Music Singapore, W Singapore Sentosa Cove, and the one and only 91.3 1FM. Ah, Mick feeling a bit like a hillbilly. I loved that. Is that like is that a <laughs> 60 second promo, is it? That's a that's a, actually an 80 second promo, believe it or not. An 80 second promo. An 80 they're, second uh, they're, promo. Pretty, they're pretty liberal with their airtime yeah. up there in Singapore, aren't they? Indeed. Indeed, they are. Oh, it's, it, they've been. It's it's been massive for them. They've um, they are actually Singapore's first classic rock radio station. So um, right. actually run by a, funny, uh, run by a guy you and I know quite well, Jamie Meldrum. Oh. <laughs> Man, back in the day, he was a partner in the uh, the Budskies, the Budskies, Slam in Brisbane. Oh goodness Indeed. me, good times. Good yeah, times. I just I just like that grab of Mick going. I feel a bit like a hillbilly. <laughs> I had to get it yeah. in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of other lines in there that we won't, uh, we won't cover off as well. Mm. But um, 
I found an interesting piece uh, that was on mindbodygreen.com. Mm. In France, the government have made it illegal for supermarkets to, um, to waste food. Yep. Do you see that? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's a really good idea. It has to, um, has to either go to be recycled or, um, or, or reused in other ways. Well, what they're saying is that by 2025, France is going to make it totally illegal for large supermarkets to throw their food away. Great. And they have to either give it to charities mm. or use it uh, for animal feed, compost, or energy. Mm. The whole idea of this is um, that they want to, by 2025, they want France to basically halve uh, its food wastage. Mm. And currently, uh, the large supermarkets are allowed to intentionally spoil food. And what this is going to do is say to the supermarket, that you have to either give charity mm. uh, or turn it into animal food, compost, or energy. It just goes to show there's this growing trend now across the world because this story said that it's mirroring what is currently happening uh, in New York and cities throughout uh, the states mm. where they're now making it legal for supermarkets to throw food away. So, um, Can I just anyway. say it's about time it happened here in Australia too? I, I, uh, I look at expiry dates on stuff. Sometimes, and I just think, how could it possibly be gone by then? I, I, I and, and I guess you know, just I guess what qualifies me to say that is, uh, my my father had a small goods business, ham, bacon, and sausages, and all that sort of stuff. And um, being a being mm, bacon, be, um, being a country boy, my dad being a country boy, before I was allowed to go off and do, you know, that fancy pantsy radio thing, he made me do my apprenticeship with him. So I have a bit of a background in in um, food safety and all that sort of stuff from doing my apprenticeship. And you know, when stuff is is cryvac sealed, vacuum sealed, it 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 increases the shelf life by a, an amazing amount of time because there's yeah. no air to yeah. turn it off. And you look at some of the expiry dates on bacon and all these other things, these cured meats, which also have little bacteria because they've been cured. And, and and the expiry dates are completely unreasonable, and the only reason they're doing it is because they want mum and dad and pa kettle at home to look at their bacon and throw it out and waste it because they want them to come back and buy more. Mm. It's 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 obscene, I think. But um, mm. yeah. Anyway, there's my rant for today. <laughs> there's your twenty cents worth. There's my well, twenty um, cents worth, mate. Speaking of retail, we've got a uh, a great guest um, on the show today. His name is mm. Frank Caruso, and he mm. is from Caruso's Natural Health Food Products. Um, mm. You've seen Frank on television, haven't you? I have. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people have seen Frank on television. I was actually walking through my shop, local shopping centre the other day, and there was Frank's face on the stand out the front of the health food shop. Mm. So yeah. we have uh, we have Frank on the line. So Frank Caruso, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate. Well, it's a pleasure, Gary. Thanks for the invite. It's um it's good to catch up now, Frank. I've always known you to be a great dreamer and a great visionary. Ever since I met you on day one, tell me just can you explain to our listeners what was the dream behind? everything you've done to get you to where you are today? Many people don't know this, but I started off as a motor mechanic in my career. I was never a health-conscious guy. Actually, I, I'd grown up in an Italian family. You know, you just ate whatever was thrown in front of you. Pasta, biscuits, you know, there was always something happening at home. And even though it was a lot of, you know, food was nutritional, it wasn't very healthy. A lot of carbs, 
uh, and I was always a fat kid, always gained weight easily and, and always was very conscious about my weight. One day I decided to, I should do something about it and uh, start training uh, at a gym just to, to get fit. Uh, and that's when it really started, mate. I, I started training at this gym at Regent's Park, actually. It was quite a, away from where I lived, but I liked the... Uh, the feel and the look of this gym because it was in a backyard. The the old guy was, was so much different to the local gym, gym owners and he had a, a different philosophy. Uh, his motto was, you know, uh, mm. if you don't uh, mm. look after your health, you never have a, you never have enough good health for a good time. And uh, I thought, you know, this guy can really help me, particularly with my weight loss. So I started started training at the gym and and. Um, and after a few uh, a few weeks, George said, "Look, Frank, it's great that you're coming here to train, but uh, you really need to change your diet." He turned around, he grabbed this book off the shelf, and he said, "Frank, do yourself a favour, take this book home and read it. I guarantee it'll change your life." Cut a long story short, mate. That's what I did. I took it home. I devoured this book in about three or four days, and it. And as just as uh, George promised, it changed my life. It just changed my whole attitude on lifestyle, nutrition, diet. And that's where it started. What was that book, Frank? Just a matter of interest, what was that book? The book was called Miracle of Fasting, and it was written by Paul Bragg. Uh, the guy had written about 20 books. Right. He was a health, he would, he would, you would consider as a health fanatic, Um. And I, I went from motor mechanic to health fanatic overnight. This is a fantastic story. You you read this book. You've made those changes with your diet. When you decided to change careers to do something with this and make this a new dream for you, do you remember the first thing you did when you wanted to change businesses and change careers? But I, I, I think it's important to mention it. The thing that, um, that inspired me in the book wasn't just the learnings that Paul Bragg had written. It was for the first time someone had said to me, prevention is better than cure. If you take responsibility for your own health, you will live a long, healthy life. That's the thing. That, that, that was the message of the book. And you remember in the 60s and 70s, no one was preaching that. So you grow up thinking that, that um, you had no control of of your life, and if you if you get an illness, you know it's just bad luck. You die, and that was the thing that really inspired me in the book. And I didn't stop with one book; I just kept on reading. Um, you know, twenty or thirty books, just one after the other. Most of the books did relate to bowel health, but um, and and really the, the 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 big thing for me was that I enjoyed spreading the word so much to my family and friends to the point where they were just sick of me. Every time I'd see my friends or my parents and my brothers eat, I'd, I'd be criticising them, I'd having a go at them. So, you know, I said to my wife, Grace, I says, I really love talking about this, you know, and I want to do this for the rest of my life. But, you know, I want to be able to do it as my livelihood too. And... um the only thing that I can think of then was open up a health food store because I was shopping in health food stores. And um, I remember meeting a guy in a store in the city. It was in Glebe and it was, it was Russell's Health Foods. And the owner was Vince Russell. And Vince says, Frank, you should open up a, a store in, in the western suburbs. 
I says, no, nah, no, I can't do that. The insulin motor mechanic is, no, you can do it. He says, you know, you're so passionate. You know, you should do it. There's, there's no one out there in that area that, that really is passionate as you. And, you know, they plant a seed in your head, you know, and you sort of think about it and you forget about it for a few years and then, and then it was just the right time and I thought, I really want to do this, you know. So I, I, I spoke to Grace about it and at the time we just put a deposit on a block of land because Grace always wanted to build a new house. And I said to Grace, I said, look, do we build a house or do we open up the health food store? And, and we discussed it, and she says, look, it's your passion. Why don't we just open up the health food store and we can build a house another time? And that's what we did, mate. It's funny, she says now, she says, when you had to wait bloody 16 years to get my new house, I'll take you one not have said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, took, it took another 16 years, in fact, before I did build a, build a house. But uh, Friend, let's, let's talk about the money side of things, because we know there's people listening who'd love to do what you do but they are hypnotized by the fact that they don't have the money to get started. What, what did you do to, in, in terms of money to get started? I asked Tony to, if you'd like to come in as a partner. Tony's my younger brother. He's three years younger than me. And uh, I, needed, I needed his money. Had a, I know he had a block of land and had that girlfriend at the time. I, says, I convinced him to sell his block of land and come in as a 50% partner. And, uh, you know, to his credit, he, he put a lot of trust in me. He knew nothing about the industry. He was a bookbinder at the time. He sold his land, put in 50% of the money, and, um, and, uh, and went to the bank and borrowed some money. And, and this is very important. Tony and I had enough money to open the store, but I just felt that I needed to have a buffer in the, in the, in the bank account. I, I, I can't remember exactly the figures, but yeah, the, overall, we needed... We needed forty thousand dollars to open the store. That's fit out in stock. But I went to the bank and um, and asked to borrow twenty thousand dollars. And I wanted a buffer because you know you you go into business, you got no other uh, income coming in. If your business starts to go backwards or starts to lose money in the first year, no one's going to lend you any money. No friends, no bank. You got Buckley's trying to get money out of so forth. I want to get the money out of the bank first. If we need it, great. If we don't, I'll just give it back to them. So that, that's a really important um, tip for anyone that's looking going to, into business on their own. Always have a bit of backup. And, mate, that was my saviour because the first year uh, we lost $13,000 in business. And if I didn't have that money there sitting there, I would have been out of business. Uh, and I remember in those early days, mate, things were tough and... And you do a lot of things. You know, necessity is the, mo- the mother of all invention. You know, I didn't switch on my hot water system for a year in the shop. Yeah. We used to mop the floors with cold water to save electricity. Uh, honestly, and I was conscious <laughs> of every dollar. And, you know, marketing was always a big deal for me. And and I I just felt that I needed to put some money towards mm. marketing. I spent maybe $10,000 the first year on advertising. So when you look at that, and, and I lost $13,000, can you imagine how much I would have lost if I didn't spend any money on marketing? Uh, I could have lost all my twenty grand and plus more. Yeah, yeah. On your 28th birthday, you opened the store. Yeah, actually, on my, which... my, my, my first November, 1982, it was my 28th birthday. So, Frank, you're 28 years old. You've got this dream in mind. What does it really take to get this happening? Look, um, 
I often get asked this question, and it's 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 difficult to to actually put your finger on it, you know. But I think it really does help if you're passionate about something. But I learned really quickly at the beginning that just because you're passionate about something doesn't give you the right to force it down other people's throats. It doesn't matter how passionate you are; people won't won't spend their money in your store, uh, particularly in our industry, unless they trust you. And, and you got to Remember, you know, you're 28 years of age. My brother's 24. Um, you know, you don't have a lot of experience and um, people need to trust you before they start taking advice, particularly on their health. I remember I used to stand out the front of my store and I'd be greeting people as they walked by my store and I'd be shaking their hand, I'd be introducing myself. Uh, I had to get people in my store. I, I knew if I can get them in my store, I could develop, um, you know, a, you know, a lot of customer base, but the trick was getting them in. And that was working reasonably well. The shopping centre stopped me from doing that after two weeks because the other retailers started complaining. I don't know why. Maybe they thought I was creating a nuisance. <laughs> I used to run health food fairs. Uh, I used to write, have a local column in the, in the paper. When I used to write columns, people used to come rushing in my store to talk to me to buy the product, which is fantastic because it gave me the opportunity to to talk about my philosophies. Uh, another thing that was very important, and this is another tip, you know, you, you get greeted in most stores, but, you know, how are you going? How's your day been? You know, it's not, they're not really genuine. It's just a throwaway line. My culture in my store was completely different. I used to have this mindset that my, my store was my home, you know, and, and customers that came into my store were, were guests of mine. So I had to be the best host that I could be. And that's the way I treated all my customers. And, uh, and I never considered myself a salesperson, even to this day, even with, with Caruso's. I don't, all I do is promote the benefits of, of my philosophies and my, and my products, and then people buy. What was the stepping stone between the health food store and going into totally natural products as a range of products. What was what was the key there? As I started working at the store, it occurred to me that a lot of people in this industry, it's just the business for them, in it for the money. And look, I don't know, I haven't got anything against that. It's, you know, you think that particularly suppliers, if they're selling this type of thing, that um, they would really swallow the lifestyle. Anyway, as I started working in the store, this became more apparent. I was, I guess, a little bit disappointed in uh, their attitude, and also I realised that a lot of the formulas that I was selling weren't up to my standards. And that's where it started, mate. That's where it started planting the seed. I'd say, one, one day, I want to create my own small range of digestive products because that was my my beginnings. You know, internal health was the key to, to internal health. And... Um, I thought, you know, if I ever do something, I want to have a small range of internal cleansing programs or products to help, you know, people with their with their uh, with their health. But you know, it's something you think about. But I really had no plan or anything, mate. I I just thought I just kept on working the store away for about um, I think it was about ninety four or ninety five. It was actually ninety five. Uh, I decided I said to my brother Tony. Uh, look, let's try bringing our own products. I said, I've got some really good ideas on an internal cleansing program. 
Uh, there's nothing on the market like it. What do you think? And Tony says, look, if you want to, if you want to give it a go, let's give it a go. My intentions were just to come out with three or four products. I really had no plans in, in starting a range of products. But, you know, when, when we started the, the Quick Fiber and, and then the Quick Cleanse program, which, you know, ended up being a, a, a monster in the end. I used to sell that to me in programs since we launched that product. But I felt also at the same time that, you know, I can, I can bring out better formulas for different conditions that people can really benefit from. So... I started rolling them out. Thanks. That's interesting. We've talked about your own backstory and the importance of that. We've talked about you having a dream and you've, you've talked about that. And there's the product side, but there's also the brand side. Can you tell us your journey or what's transpired with you and brand over the years? I never considered brand, you know, important. <laughs> it sounds funny today, but I never understood um, features really. I, my my idea was like in the store, just promote the, the, the benefits and people buy it and they'll get the benefits and they'll tell their friends and they'll buy some more. But I missed an important link and it was so important in my store but it only occurred to me a, a few years ago uh, and, and that was that the reason a lot of people were coming to my store was because of my story because they, you know, they, they, they love talking to me they love me talking about um, the lifestyle, the diet, the exercise, um, and they were all features, you know. There was, I wasn't really talking about benefits there, and and that's the thing. You start promoting benefits, but you're not promoting features, and the, and the downside to that is that every time I brought out a new product, I'm spending all this money promoting the benefits of that product. It's not rubbing off the rest of my range. So people don't get the message about the Australian family company and the Australian maid. Um, and, and, you know, my story really didn't resonate. And Curry uh, Natural Products being such a generic statement, people didn't get the brand. And we knew that for you know, 15 years or 16 years we traded on the Curry Natural Products. No one heard the brand, they just heard a statement that this product is totally natural. I was really concerned about using my family name, but then I thought, well, the Caruso story resonates really well. Every time I, I tell my story, people um, are really engaged. So I thought, why not? Why not call, call the brand Caruso's and tag it with a story? And I thought, this is it. You know, it's not just a brand. Anyone can come up with a brand. It's what what is behind that brand. You know, what what gives that brand equity? What gives it credibility? You know, why do you do what you do? You know, we we've heard the story. Every company, every company can say why what they do and how they do it, but very very few companies can stand in front of someone and say, this is why I do what I do. It is not about making money. This is why I do what I do. And, and, and my story is all about why I do what I do. So, Frank, if we've got an entrepreneur who's listening to this right now, uh, could be leader of an organisation, entrepreneur, or somebody about to do their own thing, 
If there was a lesson you have taken looking back from the stores, the first range of products now to Caruso's, what's the one thing you would say to somebody to do immediately to make their brand stronger? It's very, very important that um, you have a good story to tell to to your customers or to people. Uh, it just it just helps so much, you know. So look, uh, look, you, you don't, look. There's a lot of companies that have been successful that don't have any stories at all. So it's not the the it's, it's not the the only reason why a company will become successful. But I tell you what, it helps if you've got a if you're passionate about something, got a genuinely good story, tell the world about it. I've met so many people in business over the years in tech groups and in, in other organizations that have got some great stories, but they don't tell their story. You know, that's, that's for me, rule number one. So, Frank, with, with, with doing this, and you've, you've taken some pretty monumental steps in your time, how, how did you face your own personal fears to get, to get this happening? It's a really good question, mate. Yeah, when I had the idea opening the health food store, it wasn't easy. I didn't say, let's open up a health store, Grace, and got Grace's to, 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 to agree and so on. It was nerve-wracking. You know, it was it was a really big decision for me. You've got to remember, I was I had a career. I was earning some really good money. I was a manager at the place that I was working at. Grace and I were, were in a very good position. We, we uh, Robbie was born in 1981, and he was only about 18 months at the time. And, and Grace gave birth to David on the 3rd of November, 982. So she was heavily pregnant uh, when, um, you know, we decided to open up the health food store. So you can imagine we got a, we, you know, we, we, we're just married a couple of years, you know, two young children, and I'm pretty much risking all of that and a, and a really good job to follow my passion. But you know the secret is, and this is this is a really lesson. In any any time you change something in your life, you have got this fear. I think everyone has it. You just you're just not sure. You got this fear, but at the same time you got this this excitement too. And the way I explain it is, if the excitement is 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 at ten and your fear is at three or four, it's a no brainer. You got to give it a go. <laughs> But there's times where your fear is is eight and nine, and your excitement is down to three or four. You're looking for trouble. Gee, that's I'm good. Not saying that it may not work, but and you know it's this gut feeling. And and I mean, all through the 20 years I've been since I started um, Totally Natural now Caruso's, that fear exists. You know, multiple times throughout the course of a year because you're always. You always got to change things. You always got to come up with something new. Doesn't matter if it's a new product, new positioning, new marketing. There's always something that you do that's a risk. But I always have this motto, you know, if the biggest risk that you can ever take is not the risk at all. But with that said, you gotta be sensible about it, you know. But don't let fear hold you back because I, I believe when you got that fear, it makes you really dot all your I's and cross all your T's. It's very dangerous if you don't have a fear. If it's all excitement, I think it's very dangerous because you don't do the homework. I love the way you've expressed that, mate. I think that's, um, 
you know, excitement and fear. I think those two things balanced up. Do you, is that your personal motto or your personal mantra, Frank? It is, mate. Look, I, you know, when I first delivered that, it was at it was at the um, the day when I when I announced to my team that we were changing from Totally Natural products to Caruso's. Here I was. Growing totally natural products, growing well every year. I'm talking 20%, 25%. I think that year that I decided to change the brand name, we had grown 33% that last financial year. And I and I got up in front of my guys and I said, if someone asked me 10 years ago where totally natural products was heading and what the future holds, without missing a heartbeat, I would tell you that the future is endless for us. The world's our oyster. There's nothing that we can't do. You know, it, 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 it's, it's that clear to me, the vision. If someone asked me that question five years ago, I'd answer exactly the same. In fact, even three years ago, I'd give you the same answer. But if you would ask me that question 12 months ago, I didn't know where I was heading. I could see, all I could see was a dead end. I could see that if I didn't change the way that I was doing things, that I would not probably would not have a business in three to five years. How do I know that? It's just something that you feel. And I think that's where a lot of companies make a mistake. They just rest on their role. role, role sorry, can't get that word out. But there's two public enemies, and I, and I said this to my team too. Public enemy number one is complacency, and the other one is status quo. And so many business fall into that. And you know, and, and I said to my team, I said, but when I decided that I was going to change to Caruso's and tag the Caruso story, it was like opening the gates to a paddock of thousands of acres of this this new, you know, this green pasture, and it was all ready for me to plow, and it was endless. It, it was it was that clear to me. So, Frank, you did an event that I spoke at as a keynote at Luna Park, and Wayne Pierce was the MC, and he had his own content. Frank, just this is interesting for people because that was the day that you officially launched Caruso's Natural Health. Tell me about that day, how you got people to the event, and what you did behind the scenes whilst your team, there's a couple of hundred of them I remember, were at Luna Park. Because this is a really interesting point for anybody who's going to do a proper rebrand. You did it really well. Can you just talk me through quickly how you got them there, what the day was about, and then what you were doing behind the scenes they didn't know about? Yeah, look, we, we like I said, we decided to, to change the name. I think it was in March... Uh, the year before, I called my managers in, told them we were going to change the name, uh, and, and we just didn't decide to change it. That's it. We, we actually did a nine months of research. We called a, uh, a brand um, consultant in, and uh, we gave them the brief and said, "Well, this is what we want to do. We want to we want to establish and confirm that Terry Natural Products doesn't resonate with consumers, and we we need to confirm that the Crusoe story does." Look, we already knew. I already knew that, you know, it's a big deal. 17 years trading as totally natural products, growing, you know, those big numbers every year. It's not a decision to be taken lightly. Look, I just knew that it was going to work, but rightfully so. My, my marketing manager says, look, Frank, let's spend the dollars. Let's do the research. Let's just make sure. We did that. We confirmed it after nine months that no one recognized the name and certainly the, 
the Crusoe story resonated very, very well, exceptionally well with all the focus groups that we, we conducted. Uh, but we didn't tell any of our staff. I wanted to, to hold it secret until we finished all our research. And we finished our research in about November that year. And um, and I said to my team, I said, look, I want to I want to make a big deal when we launch this. I want to, I want to, you know, I think my team deserve it. And, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, that they're as excited and, and, I was, and on board with this as, as we all are. I thought, how can we make this special? And that's when we came up with the Lunar Park idea. We thought, you know, let's let's um, organise for, for all my staff to come in at 8.30 to not tell them where we're going, unknown location, just to, to make sure they're all in. We flew all our reps in. We flew our distributor in from Perth with all his staff. Just meet us at the, at the, um, at the office at 8.30, and they did that. Uh, we organised some uh, stretch limo hummers to come in. So it was all five-star stuff. Uh, got them all in the limos. Um, everyone's excited. We we drove off to the city again. They didn't know where they were heading until we got to Luna Park. And I don't know if you remember, Gary, we had clowns there. We had the red carpet out. We had a band. Yeah. It was it was really exciting. And um, uh, it was really special. And and we worked, walked into the, um, into the hall there and... I think you were there at the time, and Wayne Pierce greeted us all, and and we we set up the day so it would complement, you know, the the announcement, and uh, so you know Wayne Pierce got on us as the MC, and and Wayne's a great speaker, particularly with team support. Uh, he he done a really good um, talk on the weakest link. You know, you're only as good as your weakest link in any company. Everyone. Uh, he's got to have the same vision, the same dream. You've got to get everyone on board. And if you don't, you can have all sorts of problems. And then we had Brand Matters come on that did the talk on on what makes, you know, about branding and, and how important brand is. And at all this time, the, the team still didn't know that we were changing the name. And of course, then when and then Wayne introduced introduced you on on stage, you done a great two hour segment on um, what makes a great brand. And, and and then of course after your um, delivery, uh, it it was perfect for me to come on board and, and do my announcement. And that's when I started the vision. So Frank, whilst the um, whilst the guys were at Lunar Park, you did a lot of stuff away from there, didn't you? Like you were you were going pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, after that, we cut a cake. We showed the the um, this time video. We we did a video with the soundtrack of a uh, dragon. This time we're heading the right, the right direction. what I did in the meantime, I had organised, when I left the building, as soon as the Hummers got around the corner, about 30 crew um, drove into my, my, my building and started changing all the signage, uh, all the computer um, screens, uh, all the, um, the mouse mats, the, um, the uh, pads, uh, balloons, we put over 200 balloons of the new name. You gotta, you gotta think. There was thirty people. This was obviously they were well prepared. We organised this months in advance, but not even my managers knew. This was a secret that 
I only knew about, my wife knew, and my brother Tony knew about. No one else knew about it. I wanted to surprise as many, many people as I could, and it was quite a challenge keeping it a secret. You got all these people running around, you know, measuring signs and that, and you were coming out with all these type of excuses. Anyway, uh, after we finished the, the um, uh, your, your speech, we, and I did my stuff, we went out and spent an hour on the rides, which was a lot of fun. The Lunar Park opened up for us. We finished the day, I mean, it was a real highlight. Uh, we cut a cake and, and so on. Everyone was on a high. And here we are, all the Hummers pulling into Caruso's, up the, coming up the street and seeing the new signage uh, with the, all the, the new the mats and balloons. That was just amazing. It was just it was just the icing on the cake, I guess you could say. So your team is so important. If they don't come along for the ride, you're going to be fighting all the way. Just so important to put the effort in to make sure that your staff are just as passionate as excited as you are. Do you personally use supplements, Frank? 21 vitamins. <laughs> A lot of them are nutritional supplements like your fish oils and your krill oil and your MSM and your chondroitin. I'm 60 years old now, Gary. I train four nights a week with my wife, Grace, and we train with this, this mob called um, Massive Workouts. I'm training with 30-year-old kids, you know, <laughs> and I want to keep up with them. And, <laughs> and I really believe... I, that's the other thing. That's why it's so easy for me to, to promote my products because I'm a huge believer in what I'm selling. Yeah, yeah. If I don't think it's any good for you, I wouldn't sell it. Honestly, I would not sell it. So 21 different vitamins. I'll take about 30, 33 different, uh, 33 tablets in total. We're not going to go into products specifically, um, but just in a broad sense, without getting into specifics of brands or products and so on, you wrote a post, a blog recently about how you can reduce stress with food and how related back to gut health. Can you just give us a quick snapshot for anybody listening? What can we do in a general sense to reduce the amount of stress we have through our food or supplementation? Look, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good question and it's, and it's not easily answered, but I, I think the best way that, the best advice I can give to anyone, good health does begin in the bowel. Digestive system is so important. Most health practitioners, and particularly naturopaths today, will tell you that a lot of the stress starts because of our lifestyle. We don't exercise enough. We don't eat the right foods. And sometimes, and we're, we're all different. We're all individuals. So, and this is what makes the human body so complicated, or makes it makes it. it health so complicated because you and I, you can get a, a 20 people in a room and they can eat the same diet, let's call it an unhealthy diet, uh, and every one of those 20 people will end up with a different condition. Mm. One might end up with diabetes, one might end up with heart problems, another one might end up with memory problems, another one has psoriasis or eczema. This is the problem. You don't know and you can't. It's so difficult to say this diet causes these problems or this food causes this allergy, the best way that I've approached it, and it's worked so well with me and my, my, my customers, particularly my health food store, is look after your digestive system first and everything else will take care of itself. Mm. But it, and it, that's where it all starts. So if you start to eat properly, for instance, every morning I have a fresh vegetable fruit juice 
Now, I'll have a fruit, I'll have a vegetable. You can combine them. I choose to have them separately. But I always use, and, and this is another trick, I always use a cold-pressed juicer. 95% of people out there are using these centrifugal juices that, that may use most juice bars and that. The problem with um, a centrifugal juice, juicer is when it goes through the process, it destroys a lot of the enzymes in your fruit and veggies. In fact, the enzymes you need to digest the foods that you're, you're eating. So you don't have a lot of nutrition left in those foods. I'm not saying it's totally gone. A good way to test this is you, you, you put your juice in a clear glass uh, using a centrifugal juice, I think that's what they call them, and you'll notice after about two or three minutes, it pretty much goes all clear. You might have a little bit of colour there, and a little bit of fibre comes to the top of the glass. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you're drinking. If you use a cold-pressed juicer, uh, and you've seen it, they're like a worm juicer. It presses all the nutrients out of the juice and eliminates the, 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 uh, a lot of the fibre, a lot of the, uh, the waste that you don't need. Where do you get a cold-pressed juicer? I'm interested in that. What, what is that? Where do I get one? Is there something I get from a... Uh, yeah, mate, you can buy them uh, anywhere. Um, I use a brand called uh, Eco, um, as, as, it's, as it's pronounced, Eco. They're on the internet. They're in health food stores. Um, most health food stores carry um, the cold-pressed juices. They sell for around $300 up to 1000 depending on the horsepower. I recommend to, to spend a bit more money around the sort of five to 600 because they're a lot faster. Um, but um, that's number one. So juice is very, very important in the morning. Look, I can talk about diet, and, and but the important rules is always think of food as as natural as possible. So when you're eating fruit and vegetables, it's always good to eat them whole than it is any other way. Juice in the morning is great because it really helps to fire up the digestive system. Get the digestive juices working, get your pancreas, your liver working, getting all the all the, the vital forces in your body working so your digestive system is ready to take on the rest of the day. Great for bowel movement too. Frank, is there a supplement you personally take for your gut health, your bowel health? Look, there are. Look, I'm a very big um, uh, advocate of probiotics. It's great to, um, to take a probiotic every day. We have a, a couple of products in our range. Um, Nourishing Flora is one of them. Gut Defense is another and I've, we've got another one in the Quick Cleanse range called Alive. Probiotics are essential. It's one of the supplements I take every day. What I tell my customers is that they're going to take just one supplement. Take your probiotics every day. It helps you build your friendly bacteria in your gut. Friendly bacteria is important for digestion. It's important for your immune system. It's important for, for your defense. A lot of people that suffer from a lot of... Uh, digestive disorders, it's because their friendly bacteria dies off and their bad bacteria multiplies. Frank, if there's somebody listening right now, and I totally agree that it starts with the gut, and I've had my own personal experiences with that in health, if there was one product that you would say this would help, apart from your food, your veggies, your fruit, if there's one product that would help get someone's gut back into shape, what would you recommend? I would recommend my Quick Cleanse Internal Cleansing Program. That was my first okay. therapeutic product. It's still my favorite, and it's still my best seller in my range. It's okay. a great product. That's a product 
that started this all off. And the good thing about the Quick Cleanse program, it teaches people how to, you know, change their diet. There's, there's eating habits that we introduced in that 15 day program that I hope people will adopt for the rest of their lives. The program teaches them not, it's the, the, the actual eating program is designed to take a load off your digestive system. Your body will heal itself if given the opportunity to heal. The problem is when you're eating all the time, your digestive system is working overtime all the time. The, the, um, the whole philosophy behind internal cleansing, or like Paul Bragg would say, fasting, it gives your body an opportunity to heal. So the less food you put in, the more um, chances you're giving your body to heal. And, and yes. this is not a theory. This has been recognized for thousands of years. You know, fasting is not new. In fact, there's a lot of science behind fasting. And another thing I, I should say too, Gary, is that we're probably the only living creatures on earth that eat when we're sick. Mm. Animals won't eat when they're sick. What do they do when your dog gets sick? They fast. They won't eat. The same mm. with, with um, every other animal. Uh, we tend to eat when we're still sick. Best advice I can give people, if they're feeling a bit down, just give your digestive system a bit of a rest. And when you, my grandmother and, and the old um, uh, recommendation was to have chicken soup when you're sick. There's a lot of science behind that. It gives you all your nutrients that you need, or a lot of your nutrients that you need. But the reason it's soup is because it doesn't stress your body out. Your digestive system doesn't have to work too hard. It goes in there. Your, your immune system can focus on healing. So that, that, that's my recommendation. Start on the Quick Cleanse program because... Where do people f- go to find out more about the Quick Cleanse program and or Caruso's Natural Health, or in fact you personally, wh- wh- what's the best address or what's the best place for people to find out more info? Well, our website. Just go to carusoshelp.com.au. Uh, all the information is there on all our products, but particularly the, the Quick Cleanse program. Yeah, mate, that's, that's probably the best place. Or they can, ring, uh, they can ring our office. We've got naturopaths there can answer anyone's questions. Well, Frank, we, uh, we're believers. We thank you for your time. Um, if anybody wants more information, it's carusosnaturalhealth.com.au. Uh, head there for all the info on the product. And uh, it's fantastic, Frank. Good on you, mate, for what you're doing. And um, I think the story, particularly the last couple of years with how the business has grown and what you've done and how you're helping people is really cool, mate. So thank you so much for your time, buddy, for joining us on the Mojo Radio Show. Really appreciate it. I uh, really enjoyed it, Gary. Thanks, thanks for the invite, mate. And um, um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll see you soon, mate. Yes, sir. I hope so. Keep up the good work. Doing some great work out there. Good on you, mate. Bye. The Mojo Radio Show. He is. Uh, he's certainly got plenty of experience in the old retail game. He does, mate. And he, what he's done with his business, how he's changed his brand, recreated it. Um, mm. He's not only getting accolades from. The people like his own industry, like mm. the, his peers, mm. um, and the consumers, the customers are loving it because he, the business is going really, really well. And it just goes to show a guy who's got a dream, works hard, mm. got the resources in line, and it's obvious that uh, he loves it because you could talk about it all day long. <laughs> yeah. What's a mate of mine say? I love a good chat. Love a good chat. <laughs> so um, I reckon we're done for this week, buddy. That might be uh, might be enough for our um, Mojo listeners. So um, I reckon we're out. Over and out. 
The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time.